0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The conservative review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minimans standing at the ready to guard and defend liberty or perhaps to fight back to get our liberty back because it's already been lost. This is Daniel Horowitz back in the house for Inauguration Day, Wednesday, January 20th. Welcome to the first day of the Fourth Reich. And I mean that in every sense of the word. You see, the only way I'm probably wrong is it's not really the first day. It's been subtly growing for months. In many respects, it really started on March 16th of last year with the COVID fascism. I want you to look very carefully at what's going on here. The military junta the purging of our military, something that has never been done in our history to that extent, the FBI tracking down people for their views, the endless censorship, the witch hunt, the snitching. Hitler came to power January 30th of 1933. At that moment, the German people were freer than they are now. In other words, the forces of darkness now actually have a head start because Hitler waited four weeks to have his Reichstag moment to, to you know basically sack power. We've had a head start losing 80% of our liberties with COVID and then now the First Amendment even before Biden has sworn in. But at the same time, you guys have always known me on the one hand is the prophet of woe and lamentation. But on the other hand, I always give constructive ideas and I'm always going to do that. I'm never going to shirk from that. As long as I have a microphone and an audience and I'm blessed to have you guys listen to me, I'm always going to be constructive. I'm always going to say, look at a given moment, Here are the mechanical tools we have. Here's the political tools we have. Here are the rhetorical tools we have. Here are the most immediate plays we need to make. Here are the midterm, the long-term goals. I've been doing that my whole career. And when I've given you, you know, when I've given over the criticism of Trump from the right over the last four years, on, on the missed opportunities he had and on the times he stabbed us in the back, it was all constructive because my point was there was a lot we could have done. So we're going to get into some of Trump's last minute stuff, not so much to look back and dump on the man, but to look forward and learn from the mistakes and what we can do now. The important thing is that we don't turn on each other. I think anyone who voted for Trump, voted for him for the right reasons, whether Trump himself fulfilled that is a different story. But, you know, Trump should be credited with at least inspiring that. And I think all of us need to understand we're all in a rough situation here. And we all need to challenge each other for the best, most immediate solutions. Now, first off, I'm really honored how many of you have signed up for the trip to go out to Frontsite, Nevada. If nothing else, it's a stress reliever. Again, constitutioncoach.com. Go to the website, see there the details of the three day training starting on February 7th. Um, The deadline is midnight tonight. So make sure you sign up for that class. If you want to see me, Um, if you're on the fence and you weren't sure, remember it's 90% off the typical front site training cost. It's much cheaper. You just have to pay obviously for the hotel and, and uh, transportation and ammo, but it is the best defense training you're going to have we're going to have a lot of fun strategize together you know hopefully we'll come up with one or two ideas on how to network together really good time to meet meet a bunch of solid patriots and you know i'm i'm certainly thankful that we have each other so again constitutioncoach.com our sponsor for january make sure you sign up by midnight tonight there are later classes at some point i just won't be there So that is the last opportunity to meet me and some other members of this audience. Now, I must say, just watching what is going on, it is surreal. It is dystopian. How you have an inauguration with almost no civilian audience and 25, 30,000 troops donning masks on their face. That is what America has become. There's also something very surreal about the Fourth Reich coming to power on an inauguration day of a guy who really is in many ways antithetical to what you would see in a Fourth Reich. And it speaks to the nuanced type of tyranny that we're going to have in the year 2021 as opposed to 1933 the pattern in a macro sense is eerily similar to what happened there but some of the specifics are going to be different and different in one very specific way typically as happened with hitler it was hitler it was a one man show one man inspired at least a relatively young charismatic leader in his prime that you know garnered a tremendous following whereas here this man has nobody showing up Nobody even likes the guy. Nobody really voted affirmatively for him. He certainly is not writing his own speech, doesn't even know what he's doing or saying. It's amazing that we're staring down the barrel of tyranny for the first time I can imagine in history where you don't really have a centralized leader. And that speaks to the beauty in a dark way of what the left has put together it speaks to the, what is lacking on the right and where we need to head. Look at how successful the wheels of tyranny churn without a central figure. And they really haven't had one since Obama. And really, even Obama wasn't like this amazing figure. You had a little bit with the young folks in 2008, but that dissipated pretty quickly. Obama didn't create that movement. The movement created him. And certainly with Biden, there's nothing there. It's the fact that they built a movement in every county of every state, even the red states, certainly the blue states, a rapport with every agency, every department over time, every NGO. They thought of every fulcrum of power over which to gain control. They came, they saw, they conquered. This didn't happen overnight. It happened over the last 30 years. I mean, really, I mean, you could date it certainly back to LBJ. You could date it back to um, FDR. You can even date it back to the Progressive Era and and obviously Woodrow Wilson, you know, to varying degrees and, and varying issues. And then the issue set of that tyranny kept growing to social licentiousness and other things. But they built it over time. We were in trouble a long time ago. This was a one-way street a long time ago. We've only had one team on the field. We've never had two teams on the field. We never had two parties in this country. Not really since FDR. We never really had two competing movements. Reagan gave us an aberration. 1980. He was just one man. It was limited to what he could do. If you appreciate what he was up against and how late in the game he was coming in, he accomplished a lot. But as I noted last week, Reagan said in his final farewell address, you know, everyone talks about how chipper and happy and, you know, positive and optimistic he always was. But if you look carefully, if you read carefully the final paragraphs of his, Uh, his uh, farewell address, I believe he gave maybe nine days before he left office. He warned about people losing Americanism and patriotism and how it was waning among the younger generation. And he basically said anyone under the age of 35, which nowadays is anyone under the age of 74. So already 31 years ago, Reagan warned that like, dude, I mean, we really need to double down. But rather than doubling down on Reagan and taking it a step further, we went backwards and had the Bushes and the rest is history. To varying degrees, we'd, we've had opportunities with movements that came afloat in 92 and in 2010 with the Tea Party, and 94 with Gingrich in, in 2010 with the Tea Party. But at some point, when we failed to do what we should have done, this was lost. It was lost a long time ago. Trump or anyone else was never going to fix this. We refuse to confront that reality. Because you can't beat a million men, not million, 10 million men movement. And obviously there's a lot more than 10 million leftist voters in this country there's probably at least 50 million hardcore ones, more softcore ones. But 10 million, I'm talking about like activists. And when I say activists, they might not know it, but they're teachers, they work in colleges. We think we could beat it with one man, much less a very flawed man that we saw last night. His final acts were just gratuitously granting amnesty to Venezuelan illegals, granting pardons to Snoop Dogs. Rapper, punk, dirtbags, Democrat donors. And then, of course, reversing his anti-lobbying ban that he himself put into place a week into office. It's just bizarre beyond belief. But again, I see friends, I see colleagues talking about writing articles on 2024 as if we're living in 1996, like, okay, we lost an election, let's look towards next time. Like, as if we have no... Sword hanging over our throat as if we literally are on the cusp of First Amendment, you know, criminalization. And we've already been a year into that, we all have to walk around with masks. I mean, we're so desensitized to this. What is our plan now to build a durable movement in the likes of what the left has? At least in the areas where 70% of the voters chose Trump despite all the negativity blamed on him, despite some of his own inherent flaws. What I'm trying to say by that is that if you have an area that's 70-30 Trump, it's likely really not necessarily 30% left. It's Some people are brainwashed, but maybe it's 15% left. There's There's a middle ground of people that could be inspired the other way. So, you know, in other words, anyone who voted for Trump, despite everything, certainly is concerned about what's going on in the country and and, and is on our side. And yet we don't have that. So there's a lot to get to today. Now, folks, part of the solution is also going to be in the private sector as long as we have it. We got to be self-reliant and get off of big tech. So I want to introduce you to today's sponsor. Really um, terrific sponsor, Patriot Mobile. Remember, what's worse than Amazon and Apple is really AT&T, Verizon, um, Comcast. They control everything. What if you were able to drop them and use Patriot Mobile for your service? The good news is they've recently expanded dramatically which will make it easier for even more Americans to dump the big-name carriers and um, you know, have a lot more coverage. And they charge less, too. I'm proud to partner with Patriot Mobile because not a penny of your money will be sent to the left or censorship. It's America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And they use the same network as the large providers anyway, so switching is easy. You could bring your same phone, your same phone number, or you could buy a new phone with them. You could build your own bundle with multi-line discounts. Go to PatriotMobile.com forward slash CR or call their US-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Veterans and first responders will get um, a greater discount. This month, get free Premier Activation where they set up the phone for you and a special gift with offer code CR, patriotmobile.com slash CR, offer code CR, that's patriotmobile.com forward slash CR or 972-PATRIOT. So, basically, every day now, I start preparing ideas for what I feel is the most pressing liberty issue. And then, one after another... Something else happens. The left does something else that makes that even more immediate and more immediate. And now we have a military junta and purging of our troops. That's something that has to be dealt with. And there's a very simple solution that I want to get to. So that's my newest kick. But before I get into what I'm talking about, let me just give you the broad overview is that this in itself demonstrates that we actually do need a movement in this country that could be lean, that doesn't sit and focus on the same old stuff like all these conservative organizations that they're stuck on, I don't know, some random policy, or let's focus on the 2024 presidential election, or this and that, and they don't have the forces To go to where the fight is at a given moment and use the tools that are needed to combat that, to cross swords with the left, to have an equal and opposing force, to send the firefighters, well, first of all, create the firefighters and then send them to where the fire is. So we now have something, you know, first it was COVID fascism and then now you can't even have First Amendment and now it's indefinite military control and purging of patriots from the military Well Daniel yeah I mean this is the cost of losing an election I mean what are we gonna do the Democrats have control but is the are the Democrats really the problem or is the problem that we have a fake opposition party that is alive enough in the consciousness of the public so that the Democrats could use them to blame their stuff and and absolve themselves uh, themselves of a uh, blame? But at the same time, not only doesn't do anything for us, it actually serves the other side. It's one party. Who sent those troops? Their National Guard. The governors. How many Republican governors are there? Why is there not an immediate effort from the governors to rescind the authorization of deployment? I mean, t- you know, the inauguration is happening today, but at least Thursday morning. They're going to stay for a while. And then for them to say that they will never deploy the National Guard under Biden until or unless there is a full accounting for the purge and the litmus test. And they will never, ever deploy our soldiers under an ideological litmus test. That's a big deal. I mean, even Jake Tapper expressed concern about that in his own way yesterday. Yet, so we had one governor, Greg Abbott, was like, this is really bad. I'm not going to send them in the future if you do this. But rescind them now. And did you not know about this before? There are signs that it was known about before that this was going to happen. Where are they? And I'll tell you where they are. We don't have a movement to pressure these guys even in red states, on the most egregious things the left does that they are participating in and contributing to and for which they can completely gum up the works for the left, in this case, totally rescind the guard. Now, I understand you'll tell me there's Title 10, Title 32, Biden could call them into federal service and nationalize them, but that looks really bad. It makes it a lot harder. Posse comitatus would then apply And believe me, posse comitatus should apply when you randomly use them domestically when when either you're not using them at the border to repel foreigners against foreign nationals, you're using them against Americans, and you're not using them when there's a prima facie immediacy of just out-of-control violence that is, is just, you know, descending into chaos like we had last year. We had the New Mexico governor, okay? So... Trump, when he deployed the National Guard, under governor's orders, for the most important use of them, we had the worst border invasion ever. And even then, Trump didn't deploy them to shoot. It was literally to observe and humanitarian. Remember that the Mexican soldiers in one case, actually there were two instances, attacked our soldiers. They were unarmed, blacked out mobile vehicles, couldn't see what... Happened to them, we put them as sitting ducks. They barely did anything. And even then, the Democrat governor said, screw you, we're not doing this. That's immoral. We don't believe in that. And they said no. The New Mexico governor, her own state shares that very border. They were getting slammed in Hidalgo County in that boot heel with the diseases the hospitals were being overrun. Remember that. Public health crisis. See, a public health crisis is only used as an impetus to crush American civil liberties. Somehow, foreigners eating up our hospitals, there's no flattening the curve on that, right? They believe they have a movement. Anything that they see that they don't like on the right, even if their view is so extreme, what they're pushing, they have 100% of their elected and non-elected People, influencers, singing out of the same tune, drinking out of the same trough, and they act. They don't talk. They don't promise and then do the opposite. I'm going to be law and order and then let out all the gangsters. They don't do that. We're always looking for the shortcut. Some people are telling me, well, Daniel, you know, we don't even have time to do what you're saying. I mean, we're, we're, we're in immediate danger. Yeah, I agree. But what do you want to do? You Show me a better idea than having sheriffs and state legislatures and getting all over them in the red states. Like I said, you know, they're talking about that there's now a primary challenger to Liz Cheney. And that's great. I'm I'm glad that's happening. But she's one congressman out of 435. So you get a patriot in there, you have one patriot. Out of 435 in an irremediably broken federal system. But what if you had a primary challenge now to Governor Gordon, the rhino from hell in Wyoming, and we actually made Wyoming a constitutional sanctuary that was never going to send the National Guard for tyranny, that's going to enforce immigration law at a state level, is going to block refugees, is going to block COVID fascism, is going to block the FBI from coming in and infringing upon the First Amendment, ATF from infringing upon the Second Amendment. We all move there. And you don't have to start from scratch like like at a federal level where it's broken. They have near, near unanimous majorities in, the, in both houses there. The voting patterns are, are with us already. The county government shall reflect that. Do they? Rarely do they. Very rarely. We're seeing a sheriff here, a sheriff there, a county commissioner here, county commissioner there. But it makes no sense that if you would take the 3,300 or so counties in America, it makes no sense why we don't have, take those 500 at the right goalpost and move in, just 500, I mean, we we could do easily 1,500, 2,000, but 500, and have them as constitutional sanctuaries. We don't have that. But that's the point. Why are they not rescinding this authorization Biden clearly stepped over the line. And really, you know, Trump's own administration ordered this. But stepped over the line. I mean, that's so easy to message. Oh, we're scared. Oh, there's the right-wing violence. We have to look like we're going along with it. Even if you agreed in indulging that. But once he started doing the ideological litmus test, everyone understands that. That's what I'm saying. It's like there's so many easy things to message. Oh, the public's brainwashed. Yes, to an extent. But we don't have 51% of the country who wants what the left is doing, and certainly not in those states. But we don't exert our will. We we, we spin our wheels. The grift is going to go on. If nothing else, this should be a day of celebration just in the sense of a moment of clarity. That all the idols have been slayed. There's no more hoping on Trump or hoping on one man or hoping on the GOP Senate. It's over with. And that leads me to the next important thing, this whole debate over a new party, the rumors that Trump is talking about forming a Patriot Party, which is a good thing. And and these things always create false polarizing arguments between patriots when usually it's False choices and and just like semantics. Everyone should agree on one end of the spectrum. The ability within one cycle to get a Patriot ballot line on the ballot is not really feasible. But everyone should agree we need to strive towards a new party. If you can't understand that, then you're insane. And the way to bridge that, as I've long said, is they're not mutually exclusive. Look at someone like Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Greene from Northern Georgia. Look at her messaging. Compare that to Mitch McConnell. That is two different parties. They are two different parties. She uses the Republican ballot. Imagine running candidates like that from every county position to state legislature to governor, and then you, you you could throw in the federal races too. You'll have a de facto new party. But it's like these people are like, oh, my gosh, we can't win if we run away from the Republican Party. Or other people are like, the Republican Party is a dirtbag. I don't want to have anything to do with it. And I agree with that sentiment. But using the ballot line to throw these people out is not mutually exclusive with that, nor is even before we get to the primaries, which are still, you know, the the announcing of running is within six months. The primaries are going to be within 15, 17 months from now. But we need a solution now. At least pressure them to convert or die. If you take every red state and you add Trump-level energy focused on those governors and those state legislatures and those county officials, I'm not saying all of them are going to listen to us. Some of them are such dirtbags they won't. But a good number of them will. Now, whether you want to primary them even with that is up to you, and I think we should no matter what, but at least scare them. There's no shortcut to that. But I'm just trying to show you with this one example of how much power the state governments have for now until the Fourth Reich expands. We have less freedom than, than they had when, when it started January 30th, 1933, but on the other hand, we still have Madison's system of government that Germany didn't really have, not to this extent, where we could serve as a bulwark against it. We could have our own inauguration of freedom, of new horizons, where we stop putting our faith into these same old tricks that these thumb-sucking conservative commentators and talk show hosts and whatever. Again, if the people with the platforms, much larger than mine, and you know who they are, would say what I'm saying and coalesce grassroots against these specific people and name them, like Governor Gordon in Wyoming. You could easily have primary challenges immediately. You could easily, if nothing else, get them to change course. I don't understand how we don't have at least 15, let's say 15 governors today saying we're rescinding our order the minute the inauguration ends, we're sending our order, and we're ordering an investigation at a state level. We're gonna de- we're gonna um, debrief the soldiers on what they were asked, what happened to them. We're gonna restore their their honors because remember, like one thing people are forgetting, you know, they think like, oh well, who wants patriots to be involved in Biden's military junta anyway? Like you know, uh, I wouldn't want to participate in something like that. But the problem is. Once you're flagged that you aren't fit for this so-called mission, do you think that's not going to go on your record? And do you think that's not going to destroy your career? This is what we're doing to people. Where are these Republican governors standing up for their guardsmen? Their constitutional militia? Since the time of the Articles of Confederation. I don't get it. And I'll tell you where they are. Because there is no movement throwing that flag, making the play call, pressuring them, So gravity is going to continue existing where it is. The inertia is going to go where it is. That's the reality. And and this is what it is. It's all going to be about a a national divorce. (laughs) The worst we can do is try to focus at this point on resuscitating the dead system. We have to find geographically, market share where our strengths are and utilize that for a national divorce. I'm telling you, if Wyoming truly became what it was, what it could be, the left wouldn't move in there. Jackson Hole, you know, all the skiing resorts, a lot of them have even moved there full-time, but certainly come there, they'll boycott the state. But that's a good thing because we'll get patriots to more, more than make, make up for that loss. We'll be self-sufficient. That's, that's the only solution. But that starts by organizing locally in every Trump county and making that a patriot county, a constitutional sanctuary county. And, and, and it's a matter of everyone who is in power flooding the governor's lines you could rescind the authorization. You need to make a statement about the litmus test. And again, when you talk about the fourth riot, I mean, man. Boy is this. I mean, I'm, I'm even impressed. I didn't envision this happening. You know, they came out with a statement, and they've came out with a number of these statements. I've never even under Obama, I didn't see this. Biden's economic policy team signaled. This is Axios, that it will be the first administration ever to construct economic policy around issues like race, race, gender equality, and climate change, rather than around traditional indicators like GDP or deficit ratios. I mean, yeah, 14th Amendment, baby. This is literally the Nazi pyramid just flipped. Instead of it being, you know, whites on top, they're, they're doing, you know, the other things. But that's just as evil and just as wrong. Just as immoral. That is a fourth Reich. And one after another, Biden's going to teach us what executive power means. Oh, we heard all these excuses. Oh, Trump can't do this. No, nah, no, Daniel. It's not possible. <laughs> He's going to show you. And by the way, the same courts that said uh, Trump must continue Obama's policies, not only aren't they going to say that Biden must continue Trump's policies, they'll get rid of Trump's policies on their own. They actually got rid of one of his uh, um Pro-freedom regulations on environmental policy. I'm forgetting which one it was. Even before Biden had a chance to get rid of it. And all those Federalist Society Trump-appointed judges. (laughs) They won't be there for you. So what are we going to do about it? You're going to see one after another. All the things um, Biden is going to do. But you know what? We have state governments. We have county governments. With a good number of them, they could just say no. They could just say no. You start off with the easier ones where you have more power at a state level. The mask mandate. The mask mandate is already there in 90% of the country. And almost 100% of the business corporate world anyway. So it's not like much is going to change. But hopefully now that it's coming from Biden instead of Trump, which it did come from, by the way, he gave a commendation medal to Fauci and Burks. Again, like, you know, this is what I just don't understand. And what's done is done. But looking forward, if we're looking for a leader of our movement, I mean, on the one end, I'd really like for him to be that because of his name recognition and his ability to mobilize people. But like, dude, I mean... All this talk of, oh, it's the GOP, it's the deep state, and certainly, I will admit to you, even, even the best conservative we could find, I think it's irremediably broken. I don't think he could do much with the party we have and the deep state we have. But some of this stuff is just gratuitous. It came straight from Jared and Ivanka, it didn't? and Snoop Dogg, it didn't come from anywhere else. No one forced him to do any of this. There was no compelling need to do it. He could have just done nothing. God forbid for him to do conservative things and conservative pardons and you know pardon edwards snowden for exposing the deep state he didn't do that but at least just go quietly then so that's a whole thing i mean let me know what you think what's your view on trump going forward but i i've warned about this for years but at the same time i didn't tear him down i tried to Say, look, okay, you squandered this opportunity. Here's the next one, Mr. President. Here's a good idea. Here's how to message it. Veto pen, executive action, bully pulpit. Remember all those shows I did? Budget bills. Leverage. Look, I I couldn't fight for him more than he fought for himself. But my point is there's so much that can be done on a state level. There really is. Why won't every single um, sheriff and county official do what the Lincoln County Sheriff did and issue a cease and desist order to the governor? And I'd issue a cease and desist order at at a state level to allegedly conservative governors to Biden on the mask order. That should be done. You will see how impotent he is in implementing his lockdown and mask stuff if states push back. Daniel, we we don't have the the congress. What are we going to do? Well, what about your your 2 to 1, 3 to 1 majorities in some of these legislatures along with Republican governors and Republican attorneys general? What about that? What's the excuse there? Where's the sheriff and the county leaders in Lyon County? Minnesota standing behind Larvita. You know, I spoke with her last night. It sends chills down my spine. I teared up when when I was on the phone with her. She didn't see it. But um I begged her a couple of times to ease off a little bit. And I felt like a kind of a coward even suggesting this and I was embarrassed to even say it, but I I I'm really worried about her going to jail and you know the point I was trying to make to her is just like it's not black and white at this point where you have to be shut down it's a capacity issue certain restrictions so it's 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 not so evident that you're even defying it just tell the judge yeah all right fine you know don't just say look, look I'm not doing this this is immoral this is unconstitutional And, you know, just lie low for a couple days while we can gather a movement, gain some strength, so that your act of civil disobedience will be more effective rather than just you sacrificing yourself in a picket's charge. That was kind of my argument, agree or disagree. And she very resolutely told me, like, this is not about me. I don't care about going to jail. It's not about me earning a living. I was never worried about that. Someone's got to stand up to this. This is wrong. I need to stand up to it. We owe it to patriots like that to build a movement that is worthy of their sacrifice. And again, I include myself in that. I'm racking my brains to see what to do. They have us in checkmate because they built the groundwork for decades. And then they, when they were ready to turn on that switch, they just turned up that volume and The hits are coming so quickly. But again, most of what is happening, there is a solution at a state level. There really is. The left taught us that, believe me. They neutered Trump's presidency in the blue states. Neutered it. Those states became more liberal during Trump's presidency. They completely reduced ICE to rubble. We can do that to the FBI and ATF. It's amazing. You have a couple things. Foreign policy. Kisses up to Iran. There's not much you can do. But you know what? States could refuse to do business with Iran and keep the sanctions at a state level. You'd be shocked at how much you can do if you're united at a state level. Of course, even if we did do that, the courts would come in and the Republican governors would just kiss their rear ends. Even as Biden and the Democrat governors are declaring martial law because, you know, Daniel, we have to listen to the courts. Uh, uh, you know, it's not nice. Isn't it funny? Like Biden's like, you know, we're going to have, uh, you know, economic policies based on race. No 14th Amendment lawsuits. No injunctions. Oh, man, Mitch McConnell packed the courts with conservative judges. Hey, we're having a litmus test in the National Guard. No lawsuit. No conservative judges. No injunction. That's where we are. Now, the only ultimate question that comes out of today is are we going to finally reach that moment of clarity? Are we going to hit rock bottom? We always know, as I've said before, there's the greatest darkness right before the dawn of light. (laughs) The question is how dark it has to get. And I don't know, and that's really up to us if we are going to take the moment of clarity. Are we going to continue for the next number of days and weeks and months on the same typical... Focus and dynamic and whatever. Or are we going to take our power in numbers, especially where it's most concentrated, and apply the pressure on those that are at least trying to pander? Again, I say this, you know, the North Dakota governor is as rhinoed as they come. I mean, maybe not quite as bad as Mike DeWine, but he's pretty bad. But he does know that Trump carried that state By a 35 point margin. And I started to jump on his case about the mask mandate. A couple days later, he let it expire. Okay, so don't tell me it's not possible. We don't even pressure these people. And again, you're going to see how a focus at a local level is going to percolate up. Imagine if you had 10 Floridas, 15 Floridas, and imagine if Florida was even better than it is now. Remember, it's not just a matter of getting in people like Ron DeSantis. It's a matter of making Ron DeSantis better than they currently are. Because part of the problem is, when everyone else is a rhino from the pits of hell... Even your guys that are good, it's hard for them to go out on a limb and be the only one doing something with no movement backing them. Positive energy feeds on itself. And then you're going to go into the purple counties and the purple states will start, people like, I don't want this tyranny. I don't want this dystopia. and And it will start percolating up to the Republicans federally elected because they're going to feel the Pressure and be out of sync with their state Republicans. Right now, they're they're in sync with them. And then it will percolate to some of the Democrats. But what we've been trying to do until now is like a Boy Scout building a campfire and taking a really large branch and then taking a lighter or a match and trying to light it. We want to just go for the big thing and it doesn't work that way. You're not going to get anything. You have to build that fire... The kindling wood, you know, from, from bottom up for it to catch. This was the mistake we always made. You have to build the local infrastructure, the local elections, the, the, the local institutions and grow it and have it mushroom from there. And again, the good news is it's not like the entire country is San Francisco. We eventually will have to change hearts and minds to a certain extent in some places. But in a number of places, for the most part, we don't have to change hearts and minds, which is hard and takes a long time among the people. It's the power structure that's the problem. And let me end off today with a story that's heart-wrenching as much as it's revealing to the problem here. I'm not going to reveal what I'm reading from until later for a reason. Quote. Some of the youngest students returning to class today in blank, I'm not going to tell you where it is, will enter a dystopian classroom world where they must kneel for hours on end on the floor while masked and have no recess or art or physical expression. Pre-K-2, K-6 to self-contained special needs programs at the Wally School are returning to in-person learning in this school district on January 19th. Parents who viewed the classroom there, students will be returning to express shock. All desks have been removed. Students will kneel on gardening pads and use chairs as their desks for five and a half hours. Rather than lockers, they will have to bring a five-gallon utility bucket to store their lunch, jackets, and supplies in. The parents were told all students will be masked over their nose and mouth. We wouldn't allow terrorists to be treated like this, said one concerned parent, who of course has to be kept anonymous. The new classroom design represents one solution to keeping children apart so they do not spread COVID-19 virus. Some of these young students have never been to school before, so they may not see the situation as abnormal. Schools in this area have been closed since last March. In at least one Ohio school. Now this is not the place that I was talking about now is not Ohio. I'll tell you where it is in a minute. But I'm just reading from the article. This is another state. In at least one Ohio school, the desks are in place. But plastic barriers have been placed around each one. To contain moisture coming from the students as they breathe through their masks. Because, of course, masks work, but they don't. Grades 3 to 6 will continue with current Zoom and online classes for now in that original city. The district has a goal of bringing them back as soon as possible after our first tier of students. Um... Now, folks, what I'm reading to you from is a a very good website, actually. It's called mustreadalaska.com. And obviously, I just gave it away. I'm talking about Alaska and specifically a school district in Anchorage, Alaska. In the state of Alaska, we have a degree of child abuse that we have not had in China and North Korea. Okay? Masking them making them kneel on the ground isolated for a virus that doesn't affect them for a virus that is now incontrovertible from every study. They are not vectors of spread for a virus that almost 50 studies show these measures haven't helped even with adults for a virus that any look at masked versus unmasked places, there is no correlation. Masks do not work. Yet in the state of Alaska, and I know people are going to say, well, Daniel, it's kind of a complicated state. I get it. But it, but if it's a little bit more quirky, it would be on marijuana, it would be on those issues. But I was told that Alaska was certainly free spirit, the ultimate Western state, frontier state, libertarian. Folks, this is going on What what happened to Mike Dunleavy, whatever his name is, the Alaska governor? I heard he was a Republican, allegedly. What's going on there? This, This is my point. What do you expect from Democrats when Republicans are implementing things that Democrats themselves never thought of 12 months ago? It's more radical than anything we could have ever imagined 12 months ago. This is not socialist. This is satanic. This is happening in school districts, equivalents of this, Utah, Ohio, all over the country. Every red state has at least some area doing this, if not every area. How has that happened? It has happened because we have had a fake, grifting, phony, conservative movement that has enabled and empowered a phony, fake, grifting Republican Party. That is the raw truth. There's a lot that we can do if we recognize that truth now. If we have that moment of clarity. If everything that has happened to us and is confronting us now... All that darkness, if we open our eyes and see the dark, perhaps we will merit the light because we will work to get out of the dark. But folks, you can't find light if you think darkness is light. And if we're going to go back to electing the same Republicans in the primaries, never exploring anything out of that, not focusing local, belly aching about the latest soap opera in Washington, but not really doing anything In the areas that we supposedly control to leverage against it. And then just palace intrigue about the 2024 Republican candidate. We're lost. And I don't mean America's lost because it already has been lost. I mean our own ability to live freely anywhere. Our lives are lost. God knows what they'll do to us. That's really the ultimate question. That all of us have been wondering, how low can we sink? How far could the Democrats go until they meet a stud behind the drywall? How far in that is empty air? Is there any point where their sword will meet iron? Their sword will cross swords with an opposing force. Is there anything they do? Like, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really curious here. Indulge me for a minute. You, ha- you have to listen to this. If they were to say, we're gonna round up Trump's most arduous, uh, ardent um, supporters. Let's say let, let I'm not saying they're doing it. I'm, j- I'm just saying hypothetical here. Let's say they said they're gonna do that. I mean, they kind of are doing that uh, on, on a small scale and it always starts out on a small scale. I want to know right now. So we already know that every elected Democrat would go along with it and even champion it. That, I think that's abundantly clear. We don't have this patriotic dissent, this Mitt Romney of, of the left. Joe Manchin wouldn't say a word. In fact, he'd, he'd openly say it's necessary. But I'd like to know. How many governors and state legislatures and counties and sheriffs would lie down on the tracks and use the power they have to block it? I'm I'm doing this purposely. I want to make it unambiguous. Like, so, you know, everyone's like, well, I don't know if this is the time they're going to do it. Because evidently people going to jail for opening a business is not the hill to die on. But I want to know, are they going to stop it? And is my hypothetical really any worse than the reality of the child abuse? What, what, what our schools have become? Satanic. Have we lost our minds? And not only don't they stand up to it, it's being implemented under the watch of Republican governors everywhere. Every state. How does that happen? I want to know right here, right now, how does that happen? And it boils down to one thing. Have we had enough of the beating or not? If we haven't, it will continue. If we continue putting our faith in false idols, it will continue. But, if this military junta that has been put in place today, if this Reichstag event since January 6th, if the COVID fascism, if all of this, the censoring and the criminalization of the First Amendment has finally pushed us over the edge, then perhaps it will turn out that today, January 20th, will be a good day after all. Which outcome will ultimately be actualized is up to us. And again, I humbly submit a one-man With one show, I'm trying my best. I don't have all the answers. Anyone who thinks they do is arrogant. This is well beyond any of us. But you got to try and open your eyes to what's in front of you and self-evident. And you start with the art of the achievable and the art of the possible. And then usually when you do that, that opens up. You know, like a puzzle opens up more areas makes it easier to deal with what was originally the more vexing issues now they become more you know clear and more achievable because you already have a base from which to launch from you've established precedents i don't know what i can do but i'll tell you this if all the people with the influ- with the bigger influence and platforms than i do were saying this and pushing this We would be a different country. We would have been a different country. Indeed, the surgery would have been done a long time ago. But even now, there would be a way out. I'm not palming this off on other people and saying this will permit me just to commentate for the next number of months and lament without trying to propose solutions on my own. But what it means is you do have to have a movement. I'm counting on all of you. A lot of you are sending me good ideas. God bless you. I'm sorry if I don't get a chance to really write back to everyone. I'll usually try at least one sentence. It's, it's just it's just very difficult um, time-wise, but I appreciate it. There's a lot of smart people just in this audience alone. Again, looking forward to seeing you all at Front Um it's, it's your last chance to sign up to meet me, constitutioncoach.com. Let's see what happens. Let's pray for God's salvation and let's make ourselves worthy of his salvation let's fight for what's right let's keep our eyes focused on the ball and with God's help we will turn the corner